Good morning and welcome to the weekly roundtable. C-SPAN here. Um, I do have some stuff we should talk about, um, but mostly the only announcement is if you haven't signed up for a grow ruck, get yourself signed up. And so um, we're just going to jump right into today's topic. We got a featured guest. And so, um, you know, Dredd, I would normally ask people who EH you, how long you've been doing F3, but basically, uh, you know, you can kind of, why don't you start there and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. Uh, well, first of all, C-SPAN, I just want to point out that aren't all guests on the Roundtable podcast featured in a sense? You know what? That is a very valid point. And I, uh, I you, you know, I would guess, um, being you started this nonsense, when you and OBT are on, you would be just a little more featured than a regular guest. Just oh, a little okay. more. So there's feature, like a, like a, let's, and then there's like extra yeah. feature. Yeah, I was going to say you're the bonus feature segment of the Roundtable podcast. So oh, Okay, good, bonus feature. I what, like that. All right, so as to your question, I was uh, headlocked by uh, actually three F3 into the predecessor workout campus by um, Zoot, who headlocked me in the summer of 2009. Uh, so I've been doing F3, I guess, ish for 12-ish years now. And I will uh, say, because I worked out you with you, I was in Charlotte this week, so I worked out with you multiple times. Uh, for a dude in your fifties, you're still fit, and so um, late fifties, late late fifties. I know I didn't. I don't like to tell you, but yes, you are definitely a long way in front of me, and you are in your late fifties. I am my early fifties. You are in your late fifties, and you are still fit and getting after it. So, you know, uh, it's just a day by day thing. It's funny that you bring that up because uh, definitely true that I'm in that when I'm in the COT, we go around that circle. And uh, guys are like 40, 37, whatever. And then, you know, usually get a couple of guys like Chicken is 58. But other than that, you know, I'm often the, uh, I'm often the war daddy. And uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, as I've been, tra- as I've been traveling around, it's, uh, it is interesting to me that we have um, – I was in Jacksonville. There's actually a pretty strong group on Wednesday, uh, guys in their 50s and 60s. Um, I should do a special shout-out to my friend Sham Wow, who I did some virtual flexibility with yesterday, who is actually going to be 80 uh, tomorrow. So we should do a special shout-out because we also had money turn 80. Um, and these guys are still getting after it at 80. And I think that's your and I's uh, and all the guys in their 50s. That's our inspiration, these guys in their 80s that are still pushing hard. So, Hey, man, if they, if they can do it, you know, we can get out there and do it. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, and I, um, I know all the listeners probably, um, you know, they miss hearing you every week, um, you know, you and Doa. Um, so let's do a little bit of Butcher's Word. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you talking about? What are you thinking about? Let's do a little Butcher's Word because I, I am going to share oh, okay. that I'm a Good little question. excited. I, I, I am going to tell you I'm a little excited about Ted Lasso, and I'm just going to hand it back to you. You take it from there. <laughs> okay, you know, I actually uh, I wrote a little thing about Ted Lasso uh, on my own little uh, my Collision Learner blog um, at the end of season two. Actually, I, I binged it, and uh, when it came out, I didn't see it when it first came out. My law partner was like, "You got to watch this. You got to watch this. You're gonna love it." He kept quote lines from it, and I didn't like the premise very much. You know, I was like, "Ah, I'm not gonna watch that." Uh, 
but finally I did, and I'm really glad that I did because it's it's great. Uh, and you know, I can't wait till the uh, the next season comes out, which is pretty soon. So, yeah. So uh, I have I have not been watching it for a while because it's it's been a while since they had any new episodes. But I will be as soon as it comes out. Other than that, I'm like a little bit of a show hole right now, man. There's not much uh, not much that I haven't seen. So if anybody's got anything out there that uh, that they've been uh, watching, you know, uh, let me know because I because I, I haven't had anything uh, to watch for a while. Now, as far as reading goes, I've been reading a a series of books that were actually published in the '60s and '70s and a little bit in the '80s. And uh, these are some folks will know these are called the Parker novels, is what they're called. Um, by a, a, a writer named Donald Westlake who writes them under a pseudonym of Richard Stark. And it's just a series of books, uh, one of which at least was made into a movie, although it was called Payback with Mel Gibson. I think it came out in 1999. movie did not really do the, the, uh, the books justice. The books would be hard to do uh, justice to, but if you read them, you'd, you'd see why I like them. It's actually the main character, Parker, is a, not a good guy at all. He's a... Uh, He's a uh, bank robber and uh, otherwise a stick-up guy, heist guy, who just goes from one job to another. And each book is about a job that he gets involved in. And uh, the reason why I like it is is um, is the single-minded single-mindedness of the character and how he strips everything away, uh, everything that doesn't that that doesn't matter. And every every episode or every book, and they're very short, like 200 pages. I read them like in a day and a half. Every single one of them, he has to put together a different team of guys, and he's the guy who does it. So let's say they're going to take down a uh, armored car that's coming out of a uh, super a, a uh, supermarket or something like that. He has to figure everything out, get the right moving parts, get the right men behind it, and then put the plan into action. And quite often, almost every single time, something unexpected comes up. So there's all these F3 kind of uh, – uh, theories and themes that are shot through these books in this odd way because the guy, there's really nothing redeemable about this character. Uh, and, uh, but he is, he is practicing F3 shared leadership in every single book. So that's why I enjoy him. I just picked up one in and I'm probably on the 15th one now. So again, that's my butcher's word on books. It's called the, uh, the Parker novels, Parker spelled as it sound. Sound by uh, Richard Stark, and you can get them on Amazon. That's where I do I get them. Um, they're not, they're not, you know, lascivious or anything like that. It's hardly any sex in them, really, or and they're not really they're not needlessly violent. They just kind of describe the action that happens in very um, kind of laid back terms. But uh, I, they're you can learn things from them, and I would advocate for them. So um, while you were talking there, I actually. Um, Got my Google out and made sure that I was correct. But Ted Lasso season two is available now on Apple TV. Okay, I'm gonna so be, uh, season two. I think I've watched. It's the, I think it's season three that I'm waiting on. Um, I may be wrong about that. Um, yeah. Anywho, and I um, yeah, and the other one, um, you know, it's funny as you were talking uh, about those books, you know, that's pretty much F3 in a nutshell is putting teams together, trying to find the right guys, um, you know, Slaughter and uh, I know you and Slaughter and Slaughter and I and all these other guys are talking about putting these right guys together to, um, you know, if you, if you listen to the episode with GMO, 
GMO basically was doing that exact thing, figuring out the right group of guys uh, to take this thing to the next level. And that's, um, yeah, that's, that's F3 in a nutshell, right? It's just trying to find the right team and, and get, get the yeah. right skill set for what the, the you know, because we know variables are going to change and all that kind of stuff. Just getting the right skill right. set so we can uh, accomplish the mission. So, right. Love exactly. It. And this guy has got one narrow set of skills, and that's all he does. And if you ask him to do anything else, he won't do it. <laughs> which I which I love. Yeah, almost, which, almost which both every, of us are. <laughs> yeah, in almost every yeah, book, you know, somebody's trying to get him to go outside his skill set, or he's get pre- presented with a job that doesn't meet his criteria, and you know, he'll walk away from from a job and say, "Nope, it's not what I do." Uh, which is unusual, you know. In uh, you know, we're really not in this day and age. We don't say no very often. You know, we're taught to kind of, oh, well, maybe I'll do that. You know, saying no is a very powerful tool. But you have to have the confidence. To say no confidently, you have to understand when yes comes along because, you know, you've got you to know what you're, you're built to do and do those things, stay in your D2X. So I just enjoy reading about a character who consistently does that and it exemplifies that kind of worldview. Although I'm not, of course, advocating for robbing banks and supermarkets and all sorts of stuff. Don't do don't or armor. Don't don't do or that. Armor cars. If you're listening at home, don't don't do that. Do positive things. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the listeners, if you need to rewind what he just said there, because the power of no is um like we live in a society where it's yes, yes, yes. And the power of no is um you know, being a smart enough man to know what you're not good at and being able to say, no, I'm not going to take that on is um, a little bit of the brilliance of the older man compared to the younger man. The younger man will jump in every single time where the older, the brilliance of an older man will say, I'm not good at that. That is not my skill set. Um, you know, and I think um, there's some very good wisdom that you just shared right there on, on stick to what you're good at and, uh, you know, maybe do occasional Jump out of your comfort zones, but don't don't make a living there. So, well, I think uh, you know to be fair on that topic, though, as, as a young man, how are you going to learn what where your D two X is unless you try some things? And uh, you know, the, you got to have those scars of failed missions to know really where you are best used and where where not. So, um, yeah, I think there's kind of a, a middle ground between those two things. And as a young man, you know, you ought to be willing to give some things a shot. But uh, if you don't learn from it, of course, that's of no value. So giving it a shot, seeing that you had no uh, impact there or no effect, that it was just a slog and saying, okay, well, I don't do this. This is not, what, this is not, where, my, uh, this is not where my D2X is, and uh, that, that's a good way to learn it. Roger that. Well, and I, um, I kind of took uh, the listeners on a, on a around the track with you because I, I, I enjoy talking to you and just kind of bouncing stuff off you. So let's, let's jump into today's topic because I know you want to talk GTE. And um, I guess maybe let's start with – let's start in the very beginning for the listeners that don't – because we start talking about some stuff, and I assume that everybody knows where you and I are on this. So let's start with the very basics – um, for the listeners on what GTE is, and then uh, then we'll build on there. So you take it from there. Yeah, let me do a little table setting. So uh, probably about five or six years ago, OBT had this great idea that we needed to go to some of these new regions that were, were starting to grow and spend some time with them, you know, get to know their leaders or Nantan or key leaders and maybe give them a little bit of, of uh, schooling about what we had learned growing Metro and see if we could help them. So 
I think we started with, I want to say Nashville was the first one, and we would just kind of shoot in on a Friday night, have some beers with their guys, you know, on Saturday morning, do a workout with them, and then uh, have a quick grow school with a Panera or something, you know. We had no real format to it. We had no real, uh, certainly we didn't have any materials that we brought with us. We just kind of got up there and said, this is how you grow your region. This is what we did in Metro. You know, we would say all the things that you can now find in the Q source, you know, like about a shared leadership team and how to put that together and how to encourage men to plant new workouts. We just, you know, we just did it based on knowledge in our heads. So we did that a few times, and I think it was somewhat successful. And uh, then OBT had this uh, brilliant idea, as you often did, of combining this, what we were calling uh, grow school, I think, combining it with a, a go ruck. And we had done some go rucks in Metro. I think we did three of them way back, like 2012-ish. Uh, and I had thought at the time that we had gotten enough out of it as a CSALP, you know, uh, particularly the last one we did was just a brutal beatdown. There was no real effort made by the cadre to teach us anything. They just beat us senseless. For instance, they, they made me the the class leader, and I was for like eight hours. And I'm like, I mean, it doesn't make much sense, right? Uh, that uh, They didn't care. They, it was just about a, a beatdown. And I said, ah, you know, the, the go ruck idea in Metro, it has, you know, is, you know, anybody wants to do it, it's fine, but I don't see, you know, I don't see its purpose anymore. But OBT said, let's combine it with the grow school and then we'll, uh, we'll do the grow school and then we'll do the, the go ruck with the guys. And, you know, we'll, that'll doing that CSAP together. will be great. And I said, yeah, fine, let's do that. Let's give it a shot. So uh, Jacksonville, as you just, you know, mentioned Jacksonville a little while ago, uh, C-SPAN was where we did the first one and you were there. Uh, as a matter of fact. And, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just kind of throwing these two concepts together. But that was the first time that I met F3's Linus, who is hospital name is Danny Stokes, who is a uh, retired soldier who um, is also an F3 guy. And he's the only one, I think, at the time who was a, who was a go-ruck cadre and an F3 guy. Uh, but he was very committed to this idea of, of transferring positive habits things that he had learned in the military as both an NCO and as an officer. And uh, I was like, okay, it could be, that could be better. Let's try to always get this Linus guy, right? So then we did Moorhead City after that, and then we swung around, maybe did Chattanooga. I'm kind of forgetting in these next few, few that we did. And we were calling them Grow Rucks at that point uh, because we're combining Go Ruck and Grow Ruck. And then, you know, we got to a point, I guess, last year or year before, we're like, ah, let's see if we can take the ruck part of this and do it in-house if we're capable of doing that. Because we got a few military guys. You know, we got this idea. What I really wanted to do was regularize and formalize and standardize the program of instruction so that from the very first, uh, the Friday night part, all the way through the, through the ruck part, that it was all kind of a consistent uh, set of, teaching uh, lessons and teaching points that we were trying to get across that would exemplify and um, help men get their arms around uh, our leadership philosophy. So we started doing that in, um, wow, maybe Napierville, or I can't remember exactly when the first one was where we did that, where we, you know, we took it in-house. Uh, but bottom line is it was pretty effective. Uh, we've got a couple of guys, cadre that, you know, could do this. And um, this year, 2021, 
because we had a couple that were laid over from last year, we, we have six of them, six. Um, well, we're calling grower rocks, but we're using the word now, the term for it now is GTE, which is grow rock training exercise. And there's two reasons for that. One reason is it's not just a grow rock anymore. I mean, it's, it's a training exercise. So the GTE is better. Also, I, I don't want there to be any confusion between uh, go rock, which is a, you know, which is a, um, a company, right, uh, that produces the, the, the bags that most of us carry and, and was producing the cadre for our events previously, and Grow Ruck, which is a, a totally an F3 thing. So that's why we're moving towards the, the GTE word. So if somebody says Grow Ruck, we still kind of know what you mean, but the, uh, the, right, the proper F3 terminology for that now would be GTE, Grow Ruck Training Exercise. And like I said, we've done six of them. This year we've done five, four actually. We have two more this year scheduled. The next one is in August here in Metro where I'm sitting right now. Uh, and then the last one is going to be in Northern California, and that will be six for the year. And uh, I think at that point we'll really kind of know what we're doing. For each one that we've done this year, we've advanced our knowledge of how to do this a little more to the point where we're, we're pretty strong. We have some kind of data materials that we put together, like a field manual to use, and we're constantly improving that. But what uh, Linus realized, and he's really kind of the, the granddaddy of this whole thing, was that due to the popularity of this and its success, we don't have enough cadre, so what we call Cs. So you got Ts, and those are trainers, and, and really that's been primarily Dark Helmet and, and Gus and Bono and, uh, and Slaughter have been doing the T function, which is the everything but the ruck, you know, so the Friday nighter, what we call the rally and the, the king builder, that's the workout, and the G3L, that's what we call the row school now. That's all, the T's are in charge for that. And every GT has two T's. And the T's go under the rock, go under the log at the end of it. So that's tough weekend for them. They've got a lot of responsibility. That's one group. The other group is the C's, and that's the cadre. Those are the guys that facilitate the rock. Right now we have six C's. And uh, we think of them as kind of the OGCs, like the, you know, the original gangster seeds, because it's just guys that we've developed over time. So you have, Kat, you have Linus, who's you know, the granddaddy of that, and has, in fact, just been appointed the Q of the C team. We have Shredder, uh, who early on was, joined us in the kind of the GORUCK um, F3 model, kind of putting both uh, barrels. And then we also have four others, including myself. So I've got me from Metro. Uh, Bloodhound from Cherokee, Major Payne from uh, from DC, and Seabass um, from Kansas City. So that's the original. Those are the original gangster C team. Uh, each of those, uh, including me, are either uh, Rangers or or Green Berets, one or the other, or both. Uh, in the case of Linus, he's both a Special Forces NCO and a, and was it was assigned to a Ranger Battalion as an officer. So he has that special skill. The rest of us kind of have one or the other. Several of us are ranger qualified as well as being Green Berets, but we all kind of share that. Uh, and that's provided us with a kind of a baseline level. It's kind of like a signaling device. If you have graduated from ranger school or served in a special forces unit, graduated from the special forces qualification course and all that, kind of all have a shared body of knowledge about special operations and what that requires it 
you know, we don't really need to do much evaluation. I mean, you've passed these tests already. We, we kind of know what kind of guy you are. So we, we depended upon that. Now, here's the problem in Linus diagnosis is we don't have enough of those guys. I mean, I don't know how many other guys are out there. I know there's a few that are out there that would like to have three land that would like to be seized, but, you know, we don't have enough. So Linus pitched to the board in the, or to, the, to um, Slaughter, and Slaughter pitched the board and the board accepted the idea of having a sea uh, academy. And we're going to do that for the first time this year in December, uh, this December, after the last uh, GT exercise we run. And uh, we'll have some eligibility requirements, but military service will not be one. So that was a big move in our minds is to say, look, we, we can transfer these positive habits that we have obtained to men that are deeply invested in F3 and otherwise powerful leaders without them having had the experience experiences in special operations or the military in general, as you did, C-SPAN, without having those experiences. And uh, we believe that we can do this based on our observations uh, conducting GTEs. So the, the, the first GTE Academy, I think it's, I want to say it's the weekend of December 6th. Don't hold me to that. Uh, we're going to bring in a class of potential Cs, probably going to be somewhere between 60 and 72 hours long. Uh, there's going to be some feats of strength and, you know, some tests. You know, you got to pass to make sure everybody's got a, uh, a fairly high level of physical fitness. Obviously, you know, this doesn't work for a C unless he uh, stays very fit. Something I've learned doing this, I thought when I came out from under the log, I'm like, oh, it's easy being, you know, I don't have to stay in that kind of shape anymore. And I was 100% wrong. I mean, it's, it's very physically difficult. And, of course, you're trying to, you know, uh, emulate or uh, – exhibit the physical characteristics of a very fit man. So, I mean, you, you really got to work out hard to stay in shape to be a C. So we're looking for, you know, very fit guys to do this. I think we're probably going to ask for a, a, a referral or recommendation from uh, a candidate's Nantan, wherever he works out. We're going to ask that he have been through at least one GT exercise himself. And there might be a couple other things that we throw in there. We're still in talks about that. But uh, whatever that'll be, there'll be an application process, and we're going to run this uh, GTE Academy, uh, you know, God willing, and the creek don't rise here in December, probably pretty far up north. Uh, location, I don't think I have authority to disclose, but it's not going to be in a warm climate. It's going to be cold. So it's going to be a tough and rigorous weekend uh, for the candidates. They're going to be asked to do a lot physically. They're going to be asked to do a lot mentally. They're probably going to be evenly divided between tests you have to pass and uh, training that we're going to provide so that um, we can inculcate these positive habits and themes um, of, of that we think a C needs to be able to, to have. Now, if you graduate from that successfully, uh, you're a CIT, a, a, a cadre in training, and then you'll go to a series of GTEs where you kind of assist the existing Cs who are going to evaluate you, you know, give you an opportunity, and uh, ensure that uh, you're able to competently lead a class in a GTE, lead a ruck. And if, and if the Cs are satisfied, then we'll welcome you into uh, the club of ne'er-do-wells that we are as a full-fledged C, and then we'll have you go out there and uh, be a C in GTEs. Hopefully, there will be a need for it. Uh, but even if there isn't, 
we, we believe that this kind of advanced uh, training, kind of F3 on steroids, leadership on steroids, would be good for any man, you know, uh, whether or not he actually ever did lead a GT. I mean, it'd be good for reasons to have these kind of guys. So uh, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And I wanted to, and I appreciate your time in allowing me to explain that because that's a big, I think it's a big change to our program. You know, we're professionalizing that aspect of it. And the, uh, this is really the brainchild and vision of F3's Linus, who has both recognized the need for this and devised a scheme of maneuver uh, and a course of action that is uh, well calculated to see us to be able to achieve it. Um, and that's it, brother. Subject to your question, okay. that is what I have to say. All right. And, and thank you for going through it. And so, and you did a, um, <coughs> I, first of all, I'm going to, I'm, I know that was a lot of work. What you just described right there is there's a lot of work behind there. And so appreciate you uh, t on behalf of the nation. I'm going to be the one who says it out loud, but thank you for getting, um, getting all this organized. So I got a, a bunch of, I've been taking notes while you were talking. If you're a listener um, and you haven't done a um, GTE yet, you've been hearing me say it all year that uh, COVID, you know, did a lot of stuff for us. One of the things it did is it blessed us with this great schedule this year. Uh, I have spoken to Grow Rep Gus, and he has he just let me peek behind the curtain a little bit. You're going to have some great opportunities next year, also. So if you're somebody who hasn't done one of these yet, please please consider uh, doing it. Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a corporate guy, you go to all these different kinds of training. Just imagine um, one of those corporate events they send you to for five days or six days you basically get all that training crammed into about a 24-hour or a 36-hour segment, and it is life-changing. Um, you know, I still talk about Grow Zero, or, and it was Grow at that point, Grow Zero One in Jacksonville because it was, um, I mean, I hadn't been in that state of chaos since I was in the Marine Corps. And so I, you know, I loved it. So first piece of that, if you haven't done anything, um, you know, with a, with a GTE, Get yourself, get your shield log, start training, and get involved and get signed up. The next piece of that is this whole thing about the C's and the T's that Dredd described right there. Um, you know, if, if you feel like you're the kind of guy that should be in one of those, uh, Dredd was pretty clear on how to, how to be a C, right? But also they, they are looking for T's, and um, I would say both of those have different skill sets, but they still involve a lot of the same things. If you've, if you've ever moved large groups of men in trying to get them safely from one point to the next, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And both of those require a special skill set. And so, um, you know, if that's something you're interested in, I'm sure you can reach out to Grow Up. Gus would probably be the best place to start, and he can help figure out if you're more suited for the C or the T role. The next thing I'm going to put on there is this GTE Academy that, Greg, uh, that Dredd described. Um, you know, if you haven't, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I haven't referenced Toledo in a couple of weeks, but this is very similar to what Toledo started in the beginning is they were doing these sub-activities prior to their GTE, so it was allowing them to develop their leaders locally. If your region's not doing that, please start doing these kind of small local, you know, local regional events or multi-regional events so you can start developing some of the C and T talent as you um, put your CSOPs together because that really, you know, Dred and I are both going to tell you the best way to develop uh, leadership is still at the local level. Start letting guys plan events, get involved, 
um, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, um, trying to put these teams together and allow them to flex that leadership muscle and, um, and make some mistakes and learn from them. So, brother, that was a great summary. I've, I'm sure we missed some things, and I've given you a chance to kind of – what else do you want to tell the listeners that we maybe missed? So let me come over the top uh, of your uh, encouragement to men to consider signing up for a GT because I want to accentuate that just with some personal observations that I've made over the last, say, five or six of the GTs that we've done ever since we we brought it in-house is that it's an opportunity for great personal growth. And I keep reading these books uh, that describe this, the danger to our society of personal comfort. You know, this idea that human beings were developed, you know, it's in our DNA and our hardwiring, you know, to do certain things. And the, the survival instinct is, of course, strong and to search for food and all these things. But problem with how unbelievably successful the human race has been, particularly in America, in being able to deliver high-density calorie food at very inexpensive prices with very little effort while on the that's great on the one hand and it's great to have air conditioning and it's great to not have to uh, walk 10 miles to go someplace all these things have a downside which is you don't use your body you know there's no there's no danger involved in anything there's no nothing dirty there's nothing hard about life personal comfort is all around us and now we've kind of flipped it around and we got a wow I, if I don't go out and seek difficult things to do, I'll never do anything difficult. And you can see it in the increasing obesity rates uh, everywhere, um, everywhere in America. Every, every uh, demographic is increasing in obesity at tr- incredible, incredible pace, at incredible pace. And it, that's not surprising, but, and, uh, given how easy it is to get food, right, and, and how dense it is, how cheap it is. So along with all that, of course, is the effect that all this ease and personal comfort has on the spirit. I mean, I don't think it's good for a man to never face a challenge in his life, to have everything controlled and provided to him in a perfectly hygienic, temperature-controlled bag of personal satisfaction. And that's kind of where our culture is right now. It's like, you know, somehow they've got it in their heads that it should be easy that it, this is a good thing for us to have lives of, of great ease and personal comfort. And I don't see the evidence for that when I look in, in men's eyes. And I certainly see a desire amongst men for something different when they post to a GTE because they know what's coming. You know, and we had 142 men start out in St. Louis, which I think is a record uh, this past Saturday. And, you know, they knew it wasn't going to be easy. They'd heard all the stories. Uh, you know, it was very hot when we started. And, uh, I mean, it, it never ended for these men. I mean, we literally kept after them all night. And 136 men passed through that test, which to me is astounding. Uh, at points during the night, I had the, uh, I think I had the white platoon this time. Um, there was points during the night where I thought, surely those guys are going to just quit. I mean, they were hauling these huge, I mean, 500-pound racks that were made to carry axles, you know, in addition to all these sandbags. And 
uh, water blivets and stuff. And I, I mean, just the pain they were going through, but uh, they just kept on. And when, that, when it was over, I mean, they knew they had passed through something that 99.9% .9 of American men are never going to experience. And, you know, we get the same reactions after, after one of these things, and that's why I think it's so satisfying. And if a man wants to be a C, you know, you get to partake in one of these things, and these men will come up to you afterwards and say, you know, this experience changed my life. I'll just put it to you, any man out there. How many times in the last year has another man told you that experience that you just administered, that changed my life? And if the answer to that is zero, well, if you're a C, you're going to get it every time you do it. Because this is life-changing stuff. This opportunity to set aside, if only for a weekend, all, <clears throat> all the personal comfort and all the goo <clears throat> and all the stuff that's kind of turning us soft and, and weak and set that aside just for, for 48, 72 hours and do something truly difficult that requires a tremendous amount of preparation to get through and teamwork and brotherhood to get through. If that interests you, then, then this, is, this is a thing for you. So twofold, uh, not ask, but this is you know, encouragement, exhortation. Sign up for the nearest GTE that's coming near you. Sign up for that. I, I, I'll give you as close as I can give you as a personal guarantee that will be worthwhile. You may not walk out of there and say, it changed my life, but you'll walk out of there and, and know that it was something significant. Uh, second, if you do it, and that's the kind of thing that appeals to you, and uh, you want to be part of bringing that to other men, providing what you got to experience for other men, then strongly consider uh, signing up for the C Academy and seeing if you'd be part of that. Because if you have what it takes, then we certainly need you. All right, I'm fired up. Let's go run through a wall together, C-SPAN. Well, we can do it on. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I tried, I queued too hard this morning. Otherwise, I think I would be asking if we're going to run through brick walls or, uh, or concrete walls. So I love it. I, um, and, and I also just, I want to, I want to compliment you. Uh, I, I know you and OBT had this vision because I was around, I was helping you at that point. This vision of, of, Guys getting together and doing something difficult, we know is different a different experience than you'll get anywhere else, but F3 provides that in a relatively safe environment. And uh, I, I just can't emphasize to guys enough, this is, it's, it's as close as you can get to the real thing. And if you don't like military stuff, it's really not military. It's just kind of the way we do um, a lot of the training. And so um, we're just going to encourage you. Brother, I, I know I've been talking too long. I, I feel like I should let you have some final words and uh, leave the guys on a, on a note, and so I'm just going to get out of your way and let you do that. Yeah, I mean, my final words are what they're always going to be, which is uh, go out there and be a leader in your community, be an asset, not liability. Stay in the fight because uh, absent communities of leaders, men who are willing to take responsibility for outcome and be part of solutions rather than just the problem, uh, we leave our people unled. And... Uh, for lack of advisors, that's where a nation, that's where a nation fails. Uh, but through leadership, that's where we will prosper. So you're not doing it just for yourself. You're doing it for all the people that uh, depend upon us. So uh, go out there this day and do that. Hi. Hi. So, Dredd, I'll see you Tuesday for the rest of you. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Hi, brother. See you, man.